Welcome to Bayer Crotcast with Matt Willis and Craig White, your technical field representatives in Western Australia. In this Crotcast, we'll give you a quick wrap-up of the season at hand and things to look out for, including events coming up around you and everything related to agronomy and growing healthy crops. We're passionate about agriculture and crop protection, and we look forward to having you join us on Bayer Cropcast. Well, welcome to Bayer Cropcast. It's August 2019, and I'm actually over in South Australia with my great colleague here, Matt. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Whitey. It's a bit of a change of scenery. We've been driving through north of Adelaide and, and right over from Victoria, in yeah, fact, actually, on actually, this trip. It's actually yeah. the first time I've been across here uh, in this sort of capacity, so I've been in Adelaide before good. and done the, the tourist trek through uh, the Barossa and, and along the main roads, but yeah, it's the first time I've really got into the rural sides of things and uh, gone out to Narracourt and... Um, yeah, you're in Horsham as well, oh, yeah, the day before I caught up with you. I was mm. doing some other things down in Padthaway and... Yeah, we went, went through Inverley as well, so sort of a little bit mm. of Victoria at the same time, so... Oh, it's been a, a fair bit to see through here, and, and certainly a different scenery to what's been in Western Australia. Given that these guys started, <laughs> yeah, a little bit earlier, but geez, it's been it's been it's been very cold. <laughs> yeah, it has. Yeah, I know you're saying commenting about the cold. I mean, from where I live over in Western Australia, it's pretty cold. But uh, I actually grew up over here in South Australia 25 years ago, mm. and uh, I'm still growing up, Matt. But I grew up over here and um, lived up in the Clare Valley, and it's very cold up there too. And I had Someone say to me, this is just like Claire cold because it's really cold. Yeah, oh. It's just a different... I don't know, cold is cold, but it's cold over here, right? Well, it's particularly a shock to the system for me. I was up at Geraldton uh, the other well, week and uh, we are up there and but a few of the consultants, including a, one particular elders consultant who's known for wearing shorts 12, uh, 12 months of the year and it was certainly shorts weather and uh, <laughs> the sunscreen weather as well up there. So to go from that uh, to this where we have multiple layers on and... Uh, few people have been considering gloves of all things it was uh it was a bit of a shock to the system yeah well and truly but no it's been really good to have a look around and um and see what's going on obviously the season broke really nicely over in this part of the world and you can see that reflected at the moment whereas you know in contrast back in western australia some fantastic areas but down south in the southern areas there's some very slow growth going on at the moment we'll touch on a few topics and a few I suppose um, consequences or issues around that but Matt just generally really the weed control now we're into August we're really starting to see those pre-emergent products really separating and you can start to see um, you know the differences between them for example Sakura with that long 12-week residual Mm. um, really holding its own at the moment which is fantastic and a lot of happy customers around which is fantastic Um, and then there's some other things that are starting to let go that's what I've been seeing you're Mm. probably a little bit more advanced in the northern areas, so we've got a few comments about that. Oh, well, this season has been the, 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 the classic season for Sakura. The vast majority of the product got put out dry uh, mm. throughout uh, the back end of April and, and May, and even June. the first week of June as yep. well. And then we got a substantial break of the season on that sort of second week of June, and uh, meaning that we had uh, weeds germinating at the same time that the Sakura was activating. We, we know that's where it works best. Uh, the Sakura active on newly germinated seeds as opposed to um, seeds that have been up and away for two or three weeks before the Sakura is activated. So perfect uh, this year. And we've seen some really good clean paddocks out there and some pretty gnarly symptoms as well, seeing some purpling and white tiger stripes of the of the <laughs> newly germinated weeds in a couple of circumstances so that's when mm. you really know your peroxisulfone's firing so <clears throat> getting into those roots and getting up through into the mm. plant affecting the processes it needs to do and yep. with that good moisture we've also seen good distribution of the active down the furrow walls and uh, even into the furrow itself so some some pretty good, complete uh, 
uh, grass control for the most part, and, and, and other products have been working well with that moisture mm. too, but because they've been working well, their, their residual capabilities are, are put to the test, and uh, you're starting to see now a few of them, your prosulfur carbs, your trifluralins, your trilates, really dropping away now. They've, they've pulled back numbers, but those plants that have survived are now are tillering, and um, when they're tillering like that, they're going to be producing panicles at the end of the season and increasing the seed bank, whereas uh, the, the, in the Sakura paddocks, we've got... Uh, Plants still being controlled, suppressed. They're still uh, those that are starting to sneak through now near the end of the Sakura's lifespan are still having pruned roots uh, when you dig them up, and uh, that should lead to reduced seed set, which is the ultimate goal in all this. And it's important because the crop competition's there, starting you know infill between the rows, and it's important you know that the, the herbicides have done a great job early on, and now competition. But the longer you can have the herbicide and the competition mm. combination, in the case of Sakura, we see that time and time again that compromised root system on the weeds and then combine that with you know they're not getting as much of the nutrients and moisture that that the crop the more what, what the crop's getting so that's a really good thing and you know i once saw I remember quite a few years ago down in the south um a grower saying to me i love this sakura you know for what it can do on the on that big range of weeds but you know he said a lot of the products i've been using in the past you know they look great up front and that's fantastic that's what it's really important about he said, but they let go in August, mate, and that's mm. where I've noticed Sakura keeps holding. So yeah. good story there and uh, fantastic. And we're always willing to share those stories with you, have a chat to you. If you've experienced that, let us know. Or um, you want to ask a few questions, and don't forget, there's that great sakuraherbicide.com.au website as well. Mm-hmm. And we're and seeing a bit of uh, Sakura in the trials we've been looking at uh, through South Australia and Victoria too. Yeah. Um, well, we've got some new chemistry we've been looking at as well, up against some of the standards and 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 Sakura, and it's uh, it's been very good to see <laughs> Sakura that standard. It's a very high standard, so mm. it's a, it's a hard, high bar to top, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, been a fantastic year for it. Yeah, uh, really good and useful tool. Remember, again, it is a tool, and uh, we use that in rotation with everything else, and uh, willing to chat to you more about that out there if you're listening. Mm. Now, it's broad leaves as well, you know, yeah. amazing the. Um, challenging situation in some places with you know moisture just you know we're just going from rain to rain i suppose and whatever and we don't want those those weeds taking the moisture and all the nutrients away and that's where i talk a lot about velocity getting at that very early crop stage Mm. so you mentioned the crops coming up at the same time as the weeds when the germination came the role then of velocity as an example Mm. and precept is just second to none right yeah it's um, the, the weed pressure, particularly the broadleaves, has been phenomenal in the last year or two, given that uh, in the most part of WA we haven't had a significant knockdown opportunity for so long that those, these weed burdens are building. Um, and a lot of those weeds come up on that first rain, and uh, that's oh, for weed control, it's some big numbers, but at least it means the majority of your weed pressure is coming up at the same time as the crop or a fraction behind it. So being able to get in there at that sort of two to leaf stage. Uh, with a good hit of velocity, it really can pull back your numbers. And this year, um, there's been, once again, perfect conditions for velocity. Like mm. We've had these rainfall events, but we've also had several um, periods of, of sunny weather. Like yeah. The last week or two, the back end of uh, July, um, been quite clear. Um, and we've seen that in the performance of the velocity in the field with that real fast burn down. And also that fast burn down means then those weeds stop competing for, for, for nutrients and moisture and resources are faster. Um, and so it's, yeah, that pyrosulfatol and bronze 
from it. It's, it's just fit and firing. And well, not only that, we're also seeing some people playing around with some uh, precept bromoxanol uh, uh, brews. Yeah, and it's been the same the other way around. Certainly the velocity with more LVEM CPA is mm. also something to uh, you know gets done a lot and can be considered. So there's, there's ways of, of doing lots of things. And again, your advisor or talk to us um, can help you fine-tune those things in, in the future seasons. Um, mm. Also, you know, just been really interesting to see that difference in the weeds and in some cases um, good bright conditions as you said um, followed a, you know a sort of a wetter period or damp period and get the get the herbicide out there get the weeds out of the way but even under cloudy conditions down in the south more where I am mm. we still see great results with these products and one I'm getting a lot of query about which is fantastic is the role of precept in oats you know getting weeds out of oats mm. broadleaf weeds Three-leaf crop stage, getting in there nice and early, tidying up the broad leaves, getting those out of the way, and, um, yeah, something to consider as well, precept yeah. for oats from three-leaf stage. And minimal crop effect too. Just, which uh, it just stays green, yeah, which is uh, what you yeah. want. People are used to in their cereals, particularly the barley and, and wheat, with the Jaguar and Tigrex-type products with diphtheropenicin, getting that mottling, that crop phytotoxicity, but you just uh, you don't see that with uh, velocity or, or in, in oats' case, in precept. It's... Uh, if someone is growing uh, oat and hay, it's a, a very good look to be able to spray out your, your, your precept and uh, have very minimal crop effect. That's right. And, yeah, that's um, important to keep in mind as well. Mm. Now, yeah. before we move on, Whitey, you know, we mentioned we're in South Australia right now, so I thought... Pretty close fact, to where I went to uni, so... Exactly, you've got a bit I, of history. This is, not, this is not going to be a question or something where I'm going to have oh. to pull on that. I think uh, training, you know. From well, if, you, if you've got true roots in South Australia, Whitey, you should know this. So, South Australia, known for a particular drink. What, 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 if you can think of uh, South Australia, what's a particular drink? Farmers Union iced coffee. Oh it's, no! It's a, such a iconic brand in South Australia, and I noticed when going through a few of the. Uh, the uh, cafes and such to grab a bit of morning tea as we've been going through here. All the, the fridges are stocked, fully stocked. So now, what do, you, what do you think? Now, this is going to lead somewhere. What do, you, what do you think the ratio is in terms of sales in South Australia for Farmers Union iced coffee to Coca-Cola? What's the ratio? Yeah, in terms oh, of volume. Look, I have drunk the stuff, but I don't anymore. Mm. You can get it in Western Australia, by the way, yeah. in a few places if mm. you're really looking for it. And to be honest, the South Aussies, they get quite passionate about this yeah, Farmers Union iced coffee. Thing, they will not accept yeah. any other iced coffee is mm. any good. But I don't know, the ratio... Three to one, Whitey. It's three what? Since 2008, no. it's three to one, Farmers Union to Coca-Cola. And it's the only place in the world where a milk drink is uh, outsells out, out Coca-Cola. In Terrific. fact, there's only three places in the world where Coca-Cola is out uh, outsold in terms of volume. It's uh, here with uh, Farmers Union iced coffee. Wow. Peru with uh, their Inca-Cola. And Scotland with Iron Brew, which a few people would have heard about. So Goodness it's a me. phenomenal effort. And average consumption in South Australia per person is 22.5 litres per year. Jeez, I know some people that are uh, way above that average <laughs> man and some that don't drink it at all. So and remind them, all right, that's an incredible um, statistic. So yeah, Farmers Union iced coffee, um, that very yeah white carton with the, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you call that teal, that uh, logo. It's yeah. a very funny, but occasionally they put a few, you know, Crows colours on there, or, mm, uh, or yeah. Port Adelaide, or whatever. But yeah, look, my uncle being a dairy farmer over a lot of years up in the mid north, up up at Laura, mm. uh, he'd be pretty proud of that stat, I reckon. Stat <laughs> because, done well to get that. Yeah, done done well it? to get that. So they've done done really good. Yeah, home of Golden North up there, by the way, which is good childhood mm-hmm. memories as well. 
Oh, that's amazing. Anyway, back on back on topic. Yeah. What are you, what are you seeing in terms of uh, disease uh, in your part of the world? Well, look, it's um, <clears throat> last week I was at a high rainfall zone workshop down at Green Range, so that's the high rainfall zone, and of course, leaf diseases in all of the crops come up, but in particular, net blotches. You know, the role of fungicides in that. Um, cultural controls and whatnot um, you know remembering we only have a limited number of active ingredients mm. that we can use so the big question out there is which tool which what do you put up front what do you do foliar so you know we've got a number of trials around too matt this year um, looking at that particular topic you know as i said on the last crop cast by our crop cast you know use the best tool for the job and last week nick Poole, who a lot of people may have heard he did just say look be very careful about um, deploying your fungicide onto leaves that don't really matter. So that's very mm. early crops. It's quite challenging if they're getting disease on them, but he's, you really have to hold your own and make a very good strategic mm. um, decision about that very late tillering at, at the earliest. Yes. Um, but you know, we are seeing crops at the moment in the central wheat belt, um, barley, for example, with net blotches that have actually got um, quite loaded up at the moment, spot mm. form net blotch, and... Uh, yeah, wondering should we go, but there's you know, still a clean one clean clean leaf there, and we really want to wait to Z30, so mm. the node appearing on it, and then we can deploy a great fungicide. I think with um, with uh, what we were saying before, and with the crops growing so slowly, it means that the crops yeah. and seedlings they're, they're they're in the last year's stubble for much longer, and with, with right. net, net form net botch, you're getting that water splash from particularly. And, and later on, if there's some windblown spores as well, uh, that transfer of, of uh, disease. And so if it's sitting, the, the seedlings are sitting in last year's stubble for longer, mm. it's, it's much shorter distance for, the, for the, those droplets to travel from last year's stubble to this year's leaf. So yep. that's probably why we're seeing so much seedling infection this year. And um, I know a lot of people are planning or have done so, gone with a cheaper fungicide just to get through to that that sort of, as you said, that timing, that sort of Z31, Z32 through to Z37 timing where you should be getting your optimal protection out there on your money-making leaves. And mm. I know well, from internal Bayer trial work and from plenty of other trial work I've seen as well, uh, the, the SDHI with uh, Aviator X-Pro combining uh, the, the superior triazole fungicide and prothioconazole with the SDHI Vixifen uh, two very good active ingredients on those necrotrophic diseases performing the best out there. So you'd say if you want to get the best product on your crop at that timing, uh, being able to get Aviator X Pro on there is uh, probably the best option. Yeah. So we should just mention to listeners out there, you know, to paint a bit of a picture of what we're doing in these what we're calling sequence trials, which is really trying to look at which tool do you deploy when. So, okay, your opportunities are, of course, rotation, but in this case they're in you know, stubble situation, mm. as you just talked about. Okay, what are we going to do on the seed or put in furrow? So in these trials, we have cystiva on the seed. Mm-hmm. It does have activity on early on mm. leaf diseases early on. Yes. Uh, we have Evergold Energy, yes. very effective on the, on the smuts and bunts, but also the rhodotonia. No yeah. leaf claims, right? No. Then we have um, uniform in furrow yeah. and Evergold energy. Yeah, so giving so that seedling protection. From seedling protection diseases. as well. But there's only four of modes of action, true different modes of action. There's lots of product names. Mm. And then when we come in foliar, it's really then looking at do you deploy the Aviator X-Pro nice and early or should you be using a triazole or a strobilurin? Mm. And that's the, the intent of these trials and they'll be available for people mm. to look at and come and uh, see what is the best strategy. And the thing I guess we're concerned about is if you go to the crop life guidelines which anyone can look up croplife.org it'll give you some very good guidelines about 
you know, which fungicides to use when and what to mm. avoid sort of thing. And the difficulty is, is if you use the wrong tools up front, potentially, um, it's going to potentially lock you into certain things after yeah. the crops come well, out of the ground. To, and yeah, You wouldn't want to follow up a standalone SDHI product, or in this case something like Sestiva with foliar activity, with another SDHI product the next pass. So you, you wouldn't yeah. be able to go with a, an Aviator X-Pro or an Alatus Ace or any other SDHI fungicide. You'd uh, be limited to Triazole, like a Tilt or, or a Strobilirin, um over the top next which, pass. Which is fine, but in some areas... Resistance to the triazoles mm. is quite worrying, so you've locked out of using the STHIs in that strategy. Of mm. So you know they're all got their merits, but it's a lot to talk about there, Matt. Mm. And we're also Absolutely. not only just looking at the foliar disease, but also looking smuts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be assessing that at the end of the trial for loose smut control with the different seed treatments. We've even got the old Baytan in there as well, just to, to really well, that's, that's old chemistry there, but just showing what the old chemistry has been doing. There are plenty of growers that do. Still use that, yeah. Been a very important molecule for a long time, yeah. Certainly. Um, so yeah, now that'll be very interesting to look at, and uh, we'll be getting a few people across those trials throughout the season and yielding them and presenting that data later on uh, at the end of the year. Yeah, and they also have rhizoctonia factor in there as well. So mm. it'll be interesting to see what that unravels because Evergold Energy uh, has that, you know, activity on root diseases, and we think use a strong product for root disease and smut and come in foliar strategy because you've got lots more flexibility. Mm. When I say lots more, there's not many groups to use, but you really need to, as I say, check under the hood and find out what's actually in the product and what you're really applying because mm. resistance changes the game a lot. Yes, now, keeping on the theme of aviator, but also canola. So um, yep. you seen any uh, signs of blackleg, uh, seedling blackleg this year? Why well, you? definitely blackleg around. A few queries about that in particular, yes, but also in the south, a lot of sclerotinia as well in mm. crops that have really bolted along, you know, getting into those later um, vegetative stages and early, um, early I suppose, flowering. Um, but being, you know, apothecia being found mm. around the place, yeah. so it's something to urge people to really have a good look at that. There's lots of good information from Bayer, but we need to, you know, we need to span quite a length of time in the canola in the southern regions, you mm. know, so it is quite a difficult question sometimes. Do you spray or not spray, mm. control it? But one thing we know for sure time and time again is preventative is the best method Certainly. for yeah. sclerotinia. Don't try and chase mm. In the north, your experience can be quite different. It's still preventative, mm. but when you start chasing it, man, it's a hard job, all right? And also, your Aviat X-Pro, which is registered for control of seedling blackleg and uh, sclerotinia. Yep, and there are some the other way, too, that are only blackleg-specific and no sclerotinia mm. activity. Yeah. Um, there's also you know, things to look at protecting from in furrow and up front and on seed and all that was all part of the strategy as well. But mm. it's an interesting space, that, and, you know... Uh, the work I've done over a number of years, number of years ago, I guess it would be now, but um, showing in that southern environment that the best combination was really a mid-vegetative stage, so around that four to six leaf application mm. of a fungicide, and one during flowering gave the best return, whereas you just sit back waiting, waiting, waiting. But of course, you've got to take your genetics into consideration and the crop alert model that Bayer has that can give you um, so cropalert.com.au can actually give some tips and tricks mm. on how to get the best out of the fungicides as well as you can dial in what resistance group uh, or what resistance status your actual um, so genetic resistance in the variety actually has and and what you've done up front and give you would I get some return economic return on this or not or what the mm. risk profile might be yeah. so cropalert.com 
Canolabook.com.au is worth having a look at as well, Matt. Yeah, speaking of uh, canola varieties, it's about this time of year that people start uh, thinking about next year's canola varieties and yeah. uh, placing some uh, early orders through their local reseller. And um, one thing to keep in mind or to consider going forward next year is with that TrueFlex canola. Been, it's been available this year commercially, but yeah, it'll be a few more varieties out there next year. So uh, certainly one to consider if you're looking for more, more flexibility uh, with a larger application window. Obviously, uh, the old Roundup Ready you can apply up to six leaf, but with uh, TrueFlex you can go all the way up to first flower. So that's going by 50% of plants with a flower. So much wider window if you get applications in. And uh, many people struggle to get two sprays in um, before that six-leaf timing due to logistics. Um, whereas with TrueFlex, not only can you go longer, but you can put more on there. So uh, three sprays of uh, 900 grams of Roundup Ready or 1.15 litres of Roundup Ready PL, the liquid formulation, uh, get or two larger hits, so 1.67 litres, uh, two of those, or... Yeah, you can uh, get more glyphosate on there, which is great. We've got larger weeds or even smaller target weeds. Or, um, yeah, it's a very useful very tool. Useful. So varieties that we're aware of that are going to be released commercially next year, uh, Pacific Seeds, uh, Advanta, have got a Hyola 410XX, which is a pure Truflex. They've got a Hyola 530XT, which is a dual stack, uh, Truflex and Triazine Tolerant. And they've got 540XC, which is a, a dual stack, Truflex and Clearfields are tolerant of IMI chemistry, uh, both in crop and with residues from last year's application. Uh, we've also got New Seed have X Seed Raptor, uh, which is uh, mm-hmm. it seems to seems something pretty funky in terms of how its season length operates. It's yep. sort of a four season in high light intensity <coughs> environments in the north of WA, and it stretches out to a five series in. Um, in the south, so that should be an interesting one to look at. Yeah, elasticity or something, yeah. and its adaptability across a range of environments. Yeah, so yep. that looks quite interesting. And then the other one is uh, BASF has Invigor R4022P, so it's one of their pod guard lines, um, with that TruFlex tolerance as well. Excellent. No, all, all good stuff. Very, very good. Mm. Now, um, lots of field days and things coming up as well, Matt. Um, yeah. In the south, you know, there'll be a lot more in September, so I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about them next time. But, you know, the Southern Dirt Texpo is probably the really big one coming up very mm. soon down at Wage and Anchor Tanning. So that's going to be a fantastic yeah, couple of days. Yeah, agenda for that. It's pretty full on. Yeah, so there's going to be um, a lot of future technology and whatnot. But what's going to be great is going to be actually developers, people that invent this stuff there, mm talking we can actually have a really close look at the material on the second day we're actually going to be at the katanning research station or kasari great southern ag research institute i think mm. it's called and uh we'll actually be able to get up close and personal having a look at some of this technology like like the swarm bot or you know the drones that are, are working in in um in in swarms and all these sorts of stuff so yep. it's gonna be interesting there's a lot of technology coming at us very very rapidly is it all good don't know yeah. That's what these sort of days like text based. So that's on the 7th and 8th of August, and uh, I'll be there. Really looking forward to it. And I'm actually, uh, we have a Southern Dirt Grower Group podcast, which I do as well. And um, Southern Dirt, we've featured that a bit, and we'll be actually giving some little reports on that in future crop casts and mm. also yeah. Southern Dirt podcasts. Yeah. So what date was that again? Morning? 7th and 8th 7th of and August. Okay. Um, there's also um, a number of, one. Um, there's a David Gray's um, big field walk will be on down around uh, Dumbleyung, mm-hmm. a really large one down there. Yep towards the back end of, uh, I think it's the 22nd of August. Um, I'll be starting to take a few consultants through a few things uh, that we're doing as well, very early, still a few years away, but mm. getting them sort of tuned up with it all. And uh, you've got a whole list there, I just noticed, that are coming up <laughs> in the north 
as is customary yeah, in, we the, get going in the north earlier. in August. Yeah. yeah, so Northern Agri-Group's got a few things coming up. I've got catching up with them on the 8th, actually, for a, what they call a Thirsty Thursday, which is pretty much exactly as it's described. It's uh, catching up with a group. It's on a Thursday afternoon, and uh, looks they'll be looking at a, a true flex trial up there. So in that sort of environment, with that real fast-growing environment up there, they can get to six-leaf canola particularly quickly in an early break. So this uh, it's a particularly... Uh, interesting trait, relevant trait for them. So it's been a, we're going to have a good look at uh, some options with, uh, with that technology. And then they've got their, their spring field day on the 21st as well at their main site. So uh, that's up around Binu normally. Uh, and then the Mingani Irwin Group's got their spring field day um, on the 4th of September. And that's out at Mount Horner. It's a particularly interesting site there. It's a, a site loaded with double Gs. So it's going to be putting, putting a few products to the test. Uh, double Gs is probably not the... First thing that comes to mind with weed control, but it uh, can be particularly tricky in some systems. Um, then the Liebe Group's got theirs on the 12th of September and West Midlands Group on the 17th of September. So we've got trials at both of them as well. Um, yep. West Midlands Group's we actually got a really good tag team trial that's looking at inoculating uh, chickpeas and uh, lupins with uh, the, the, the dry peat application. So we'll probably talk about tag team a bit in another podcast, Whitey. But um, yeah, it's uh, some interesting trials there to look at and... Uh, yeah, should be some good days. That's fantastic. Yeah, the tag team is a Bayer um, inoculant, legume mm. inoculants, and yeah. Um, yeah, we did talk about it back in the March. I think it was episode five of with, Bayer Cropcast, something Norton. like that, with Huge Norton. Yeah. So if you're interested in what tag team is, get in touch or have a listen to that one. Um, the other thing, just to mention too, is there's actually a couple of weed smart activities coming up in the eastern states. So Emerald in Queensland, mm. um, and in August, and also down at Horsham, and that's going to be fantastic days. And there'll be some really good updates there about glyphosate as well, what's going on with the glyphosate yeah, situation and uh, a whole range of others, you know, on the big six topic for all the six strategies that you can use to get on top of weeds, not just chemical, but everything else, cultural, non-chemical, rotations, all those sorts of stuff, crop competition. So mm. Weed Smart Weeks, you can look those up and Bayer is a very strong supporter um, and partner and we work very closely with Weed Smart to yep. make that a great forum for the industry. Um, now, Matt, I think, We've just about got to get going because mm. we've got colleagues mm. waiting yeah. to catch dinner, up dinner, for dinner, some tea. Dinner has commenced. Um, dinner. Who's <laughs> buy, are you buying dinner tonight? Uh, most certainly not. I think we'll get uh, oh, come on. boss man Rick well, to pay for that one. <laughs> why, don't, why, don't we, uh, why don't we rock, paper and scissor it oh, no. <laughs> to see who's going to win? But just remember this, yeah. intentionally losing a game of rock, paper and scissors is just as hard as trying to win. Uh, that is true, Whitey. It is very much All right, true. mate. No worries. We're not going to do that, by the way. But <laughs> thanks very much for listening. Oh, I think Matt just had an app that he wanted oh, to mention. Yes, you, every, every episode, Whitey, you ask me if I've got an app, yeah. which is worthwhile looking at. And I never have anything. But I was talking to Michael Hickey from Seed the other day, and he gave me a great recommendation that I've used a uh, fair bit recently. It's a, an app called Genius Scan. So basically, it's an app that takes a photo of a document and converts it to a PDF and flattens it. And it, uh, you don't always have a scanner nearby, and someone will send you an email asking for something to be signed. And um, yeah, so uh, I've been using it a fair bit lately. Very, very effective. And I think you had a, a similar one, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, called TurboScan, which mm. I've been using for a long time. Really good. And the great thing about them is. You know, you can never square it up when you take a photo of a piece of paper, mm. document or something that you mean, or a whiteboard when we do a workshop and yeah. you're using it this afternoon and you want to get that material. Mm. It puts a nice box around it and does the perspective correction and just looks like a flat sheet of paper again. So it's really mm. good. Um, we use them a lot. And then you can just email them to yourself, which is fantastic, yeah. or upload it to your cloud exactly. um, system. People out there would be using Dropbox. I know I've talked to farmers, uh, lots of farmers that use Dropbox 
um, really good for them, especially if they've got multiple farms and things, you know, to share documents mm. around. So Turbo Scan or Genius Scan. Genius Scan. All right. Well, very good, Matt. It's fantastic to catch up with you. And next month um, we'll do another one of these and we'll give you a whole heap of updates how the field walks and things are going. Mm. And um, yeah, thanks very much. Just again to mention, Matt and I are on Twitter, and Matt, your Twitter handle is it's at Matt Willis Ag. At Matt Willis Ag, and mine is at Photo by CW. At Photo by CW. It's been great talking to you, Matt. Mm, Thanks everyone for listening, and yeah, get in touch anytime. Cheers. That's good. Catch you later, later, Matt. See ya. See ya. Thanks for joining us on Bayer Cropcast. To get more information about anything you heard on today's episode, phone one eight hundred. 804-479 to get in touch with us or visit the web at crop.bayer.com.au Thanks for listening.